Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to episode 15 of Talks with Kamal Din. Alhamdulillah, we made it to the last day of Ramadan. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salam. Allah rasulullahi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. In the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, most gracious, most merciful, we praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We thank him upon all conditions. We send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his entire household, and all his companions. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless them all and bless every single one of us. Amen. And may Allah grant us the ability to become better Muslims. Today's episode will mark the last episode in this series of Talks with Kamal Din for this Ramadan. I would like to thank everyone that has been with us on this journey. May Allah make us one of those who benefit from the immense blessings of this month. To end this series, I decided to bring in a scholar and a man of knowledge of the deen, Sheikh Taha Mahdi, to talk with us about etiquette of Eid and implementing habits from Ramadan, post-Ramadan. Sheikh Taha has memorized the whole Quran with all 10 kirat from multiple renowned sheikhs like Sheikh Ibrahim Saleh, the former Mufti of Nigeria, Sheikh Sharafuddin Bayumi, the student of Sheikh Abdul Hakim Abdul Latif, just to mention a few. Sheikh Taha is an Islamic instructor and in this capacity has worked with several institutions, both educational and governmental organizations to give Islamic lectures and teach the Quran. He also has a passion for learning languages. And if I'm correct, Sheikh speaks eight languages. It's my pleasure to have Sheikh Taha with us today. Salam alaikum, Sheikh, and welcome to Talks with Kamal Din. Alaikum salam rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Thank you so much for having me. It's a great pleasure to be with you, and uh, I hope you have a great um, first Eid Mubarak, inshallah. Thank you so much. I'm wishing you Eid Mubarak in advance as well, sir. Thanks again for agreeing to come on the pod tonight. Sheikh Taha is speaking to us from Egypt. How was Ramadan in Egypt this year, sir? Inshallah. Mashallah. Before we get into the topic for today, Sheikh, in your bio, I mentioned that you speak eight languages. What languages are these and how did you come to pick them up? If you don't mind, this is for the benefit of our listeners. No problem, Inshallah. Uh, first of all, I speak only five languages fluently, and the other three, I like, can say 50 50. Uh, the languages that I speak fluently, of course, Arabic is my native tongue. Uh, English, as I studied English for years, and my whole uh, educational journey since school was in English. Italian, as I traveled there and lived there for a while, and studied there as well. Um, other languages I've learned uh, by myself, that is uh, self-learning, um, such as Spanish, Portuguese, uh, Malaysian and Indonesian, I gained them because I traveled and worked there as a supervisor in different uh, Islamic institutions. So basically, those are the languages that I can speak them well, really well. Mashallah, thank you so much for clarifying that. And getting into the topic for today, we are in the last hours of Ramadan. Alhamdulillah, 
As Muslims, we are sad to see the holy month of mercy, forgiveness, and Allah's bounty come to an end. Sheikh, um, as Muslims, how do you advise we implement the good habits we've imbibed during these glorious months of Ramadan, post-Ramadan? Actually, to be honest, we have um, mixed feelings. We are sad that the beautiful month of Ramadan is coming to an end. But at the same time, we are happy and blessed that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us the chance to be among those who can um, worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during this holy month. And uh, we were among those who had the chance to read the Holy Quran and to pray Taraweeh. And we hope Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, accepts our good deeds. Amen. So as I said, we have mixed feelings. We are sad that this beautiful month is coming to an end. But as, at the same time, we are so fortunate that we are uh, still alive. And we uh, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the age and the chance to live for another Ramadan, inshallah. Regarding your question, um, the problem is to be... Um, to be honest, is uh, I can't really say all Muslims, but some Muslims, it could be um, most of them, they really do their best in Ramadan, but after Ramadan, uh, they have a completely different lifestyle. And the problem is somehow related to the mentality or how these people think, because we need to think as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the God of Ramadan, Sha'ban, Shawwal, and all the other months. So our program or our schedule in Ramadan should be a lifestyle before Ramadan, after Ramadan. And we need to be 100% sure that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's door are, is always open for all of us. If we, if we repent, if we um, make tawbah, go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would be so pleased with that. Uh, the second important point here is we have some occasions, right? Ramadan is a great occasion for forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, That literally means in the whole year you have some uh, special nights and special occasions such as Ramadan, Eid al-Fitr, Eid al-Adha, the day of Arafah, the day of the birth of the Prophet وسلم, the middle night of Sha'ban, and etc. Uh, but the thing here, who is the smart enough or who is clever enough to take advantage of those blessed nights and to be one of the successful people to gain or to be able to, um, to be lucky enough because I call the one who is uh, who is really doing his best in Laylatul Qadr or any, or any other uh, blessed night is a lucky person. Because at the end of the day, it is a tawfiq and successful done by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before anything. So yes, you can do your best and you can worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, pray as much as you can, read the Quran as much as you can. But if you don't have the proper intention and if you don't have the tawfiq and the, the success, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before that, uh, I think uh, things will not be the same as uh, as we think. Thank you so much, um, Sheikh. 
may Allah make it easy for us in uh, practicing what we did during Ramadan, after Ramadan. So, um, Ido Fitri, would like you to please indulge us on the etiquettes of this Eid. Yeah. It is related to how we farewell Ramadan, how we say goodbye to Ramadan, first of all, before celebrating the Eid. Rasulullah used to say a very beautiful dua just to say farewell to Ramadan. Allahumma la taj'alhu akhir al-ahdi min siyamina iyyah. Fajjalhu faj'alni marhuman wa la taj'alni mahruman. Alhamdulillah ala tamam. Alhamdulillah ala al-balagh. Alhamdulillah ala al-siyam wa al-qiyam. Allahumma ja'alna mimman sama al-shahra imanan wa ihtisaba. That literally stands for, as Rasulullah is wishing to live for another Ramadan, and this Ramadan not be the, uh, the last one for him, and for anyone who is reciting this dua. And he wishes the rahmah and the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he thanks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the perfection um for being able to pray for the tarawih being able to fast and so on and being able to uh witness laylatul qadr regarding your question how to celebrate or how to uh, what is the proper etiquette of uh eid al-fitr we need first of all to understand that eid al-fitr comes as a gifts from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the Muslims because they have been struggling during the holy month of Ramadan and they've been fasting, they've been praying, they've been doing their, their best. So this is a great opportunity to be uh, together with the families, to meet friends, to meet family members and to spread peace. But nowadays, and especially this year, we have a very special case due to COVID-19. So the proper etiquette before praying the Salat al-Eid, either in your home or either if you're praying in the masjid, first of all, it is a confirmed sunnah, a confirmed sunnah that the Prophet Sallallahu did it several times. And uh, the proper etiquette is quite similar to the proper etiquette of Salat al-Jum'ah. So taking a shower is one of the uh, most beloved actions before praying Eid al-Fitr or Salat al-Eid. Um, having the proper uh, perfume or, for example, having uh, no clothes for the Eid uh, praying. Um, especially the white clothes, Islamic clothes. What else? It is one of the sunnahs to uh, go to the masjid from a specific road and then come back from a different road or a different street. What is the reason? Because you can meet as much people as you can and to spread salam to all of them. So again, just to make things simple, it is a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We should be happy that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us the chance again to live another Eid. And we need to think about the next occasion how to take advantage of that and not to forget fasting the six days of Shawwal. As Rasulullah said, if anyone fasts six days of Shawwal, 
that will be as the PFAS the whole year. And uh, that is to show us the beauty of this country. Thank you so much, Sheikh. Um, for many around the world, there's a stay at home orders, restrictions, the masjids are closed. Um, what are the things we need to do when praying Eid at home, either individually or with family? Because um, I can speak for myself here. Our masjid has been closed since February last year. Unfortunately, we've not had the opportunity to go to the masjid. So what do you advise um, those that would be observing or fulfilling the Eid in the house? I would advise if anyone has the chance to go to pray in the masjid, uh, please do. If not, such as in your case, so uh, you can pray at home, yes, and while praying at home, the jama'ah prayer would be uh, praying in group, it is recommended, uh, other than praying by yourself. And the proper way to pray Salat Al-Aid, the only difference when you go to the masjid is the khutbah, so the speech. So if you're praying the Aid in your home, it is quite similar to the normal praying that we do each and every day. The only difference is the numbers of takbirat at the beginning of the salah. So how to exactly pray? You start by takbiratul ihram, the first takbirah, and you say Allahu Akbar. That is the only form to say that, not anything else. And after you say Allahu Akbar, you count seven takbirat in the first rak'ah. And after you count seven takbirat in the first rak'ah, you recite uh, Surah Al-Fatiha and whatever you can recite from the Qur'an. Same as you are praying the normal prayer. And then you go for the ruku'ah, then you go for the sujood. For the second rak'ah, you, uh, you do the takbirat al-ihram, and after takbirat al-ihram, you have five takbirat as well. So you say, Allahu Akbar, five times. And then you go for the uh, ruku'ah, then sujood, and then you sit down for the tashahud, and then you say the salat. What about the time of praying the Eid prayer? And again, I'm confirming if you are praying home, so you don't, you don't have to say or give a speech or a khutbah. The time of Salat al-Eid starts from the um, sunrise time, and it is exactly 20 minutes after that. So 20 minutes after the, the sunrise, you can pray Salat al-Eid, and it is up to Waqtu al-Zawal, Zawal al-Shams, that is uh, just before Salat al-Dhuq. So let's say approximately 15 or 10 minutes before Salat al-Dhuq. Perfect. Thank you so much, Sheikh. Um, while you were discussing with us, I picked up one of the things you mentioned, and I also have a personal question that might help uh, the listeners as well. So the first one is Kiamalei. Um, I would need you to please indulge us one more time. The ways to be able to perform this righteous act, because I must confess, even I struggle with Kiamalei, but um, I try my best, you know, sometimes, but... Do you have any guidelines on how we can fulfill this and make it an habit? Sure. We all struggle. We all have shortage. 
But whenever we go back to the Sunnah, we'll find Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam already spoke about this issue with one of the companions, Sayyiduna Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As. One day he spoke to him and he said, Ya Abdullah, la takun mithla fulan. And he mentioned or he told him, don't be such as X. And X stands for a specific person without mentioning any names. He used to pray Qiyamun Layl for long or so many rakahs, then he stopped. So what is the golden concept in Islam? The most beloved actions to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are the continuous actions, even if they are not that um, huge or they're not that uh, large quantity. So for example, if you can't stick to a specific number of rakahs, let's say two rakahs per day or four rakahs per day, and that would be your burden, that would be your homework to do each and every day. That would be so much better if you pray 20 or 25 rakahs for only two or three days and then you feel so lazy and you feel the ibadah or the worship is so heavy on you. So Rasulullah advice and recommendation to all of us is to uh, dedicate a specific time, a specific number of rakahs, whatever you can do. And this is varies from a person to another. So I can pray six rakahs and I can't stick to that till the end of my life. You can pray two rakahs and you can stick to that till the end of your life. But as we said before, أَحَبُّ الْأَعْمَالِ أَدْوَمُهَا أَوْ أَفْضَلُ الْأَعْمَالِ أَدْوَمُهَا وَإِنْقَلِ So the best actions or the most beloved actions to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be continuous actions. Even if they are not that, uh, that uh, big quantity or a big number of rakahs. And same thing applies with the Quran as well. So if you have specific words of the Quran, let's say is it a hizb, which is half of the juzuf, and uh, let's say it's like two or three pages, and you can keep that uh, word of the Quran each and every day, it is so much better than reciting three or four uh, juzuf in one day, and then nothing else in the next day. Shukran, Sheikh. Thank you so much. And my final question uh, was actually about the Quran, because when I introduced you, I mentioned that you had memorized the entire Quran. We have many in the Islamic community who would um, love to be like you. Do you have any advice um, on how they can um, attain this? Um, my sincere advice is for the parents, not for the kids, because the journey starts when the kids are around um, four or five years old, you need to find a way to make them or to let them love the Quran and to be passionate about it. So I don't really recommend forcing any kid to learn the Quran, but I recommend finding a way, an interesting way that uh, will lead him to um, reading the Quran. And uh, one, one good example of that could be motivation. So I personally memorized the Quran uh, following, like my parents used to follow the uh, motivation methodology. And this is, for example, you find something that a kid really likes and uh, you get him a gift, you get him a toy, whatever is it. And you tell him, if you memorize that, Joseph, I would get you whatever you like. 
And by that time, they don't really understand the value of the Qur'an. And they don't really understand the importance of the Qur'an. But we don't have to worry because the heart that has the Qur'an has everything. And one of the scholars um, of Asalaf Salih of the, um, the first and the second generation in the Islamic, uh, in the Islamic uh, history, once upon a time, one of the followers told him, Fulan, ex this person, memorizes the Qur'an. He said, no, don't say that. But the Qur'an is the one that saves him. Because if the kid has the Qur'an in his heart, doesn't really matter if he doesn't understand or it doesn't really matter if he doesn't really appreciate the Quran for now, but that will have a great effect in his life later on, inshallah. Perfect. Thank you so much, Sheikh, um, for taking the time to have this discussion with us. May Allah continue to increase you in knowledge. Jazakullah khair. Um, to all my listeners, it has been my utmost pleasure to share this year's Ramadan with you. Appreciations may suffice, but the love and support that I have received from my listeners across the globe has been overwhelming, and this kept me going. Jisakullah Karen, may Allah reward you all abundantly. I hope in some ways we've been able to help each other understand a bit more about the deen, our expectations as Muslims, and how we should keep striving for the general prudence. In places where I might have erred, I seek Allah's forgiveness. May Allah make us one of those that would receive our deeds on our right hand and be admitted to paradise. I pray Allah's wajah removes any arrogance from our hearts and make us among the righteous. May he bless us with humility and unite us with our family in Jannatul Firdaus. May Allah conceal our sins, Ya Rabbi Alameen. May Allah forgive all of us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us guidance to recognize that which is right and follow it and to recognize that which is wrong and stay away from it. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Thank you so much once again, Sheikh. It's been my pleasure speaking with you today. Jazakallah khairan. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.